you know, in the next few weeks or months, however long that process takes, our church will be undertaking a very important task, choosing some new deacons. Um, you might not realize it, but the role of the deacon is possibly one of the most misunderstood roles in all of church life. Um, and part of that's because what people know about what a deacon is is from a melting pot. Most churches today, you don't have people who were simply brought up as a Baptist or as this or that. You have people who came from Episcopal churches or Methodist churches or Presbyterian churches or all these different things. And they bring with them their idea of what a deacon is. And then you have those people who, you know, they only know what they see on TV. You know, I really thought ministry was actively different from what I watched on TV. And, you know, you learn something when you realize that TV doesn't always give you the truth. What we want to know this morning is not what traditions say deacons are, <coughs> not what our experience says deacons are, but what the Bible says a deacon is. And one of the best places to find that or start is in the place in the Bible where deacons are born. It's over in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, we see Jesus ascend. He has come back on Easter Sunday. He spent some time with his disciples. They're on the mountaintop and we see him ascend back into heaven. We see Pentecost happen and the Spirit is poured out on mankind. We see explosive growth of the church. 3,000 people were saved on Pentecost. And, and the passage there ends saying that and they were adding to their numbers daily. And then over in chapter 4 of Acts, another 5,000 men were saved. And then in 5.14 it says, and believers were added to the Lord in increasing numbers. You know, we, we're talking to megachurch here, even by today's standards. We can safely say this is a church of 10 to 20,000 people that are being taken care of. And that is the backdrop to the birth of deacons in Acts chapter 6. And so there in Acts chapter 6, we are going to pick up in verse 1 and read the first seven verses. And it says, In those days, as the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint of the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebraic Jews, that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the whole company of the disciples and said, it would not be right for us to give up preaching about God to handle financial matters. Therefore, brothers, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and wisdom, whom we can appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the preaching ministry. The proposal pleased the whole company. So they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenes, and Nicholas, and a proselyte from Antioch. They had them stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the preaching of God, God flourished. And the number of disciples in Jerusalem multiplied greatly, and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now, and we thank you, we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time and use it for your glory. Father, use me as a vessel and the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We ask all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus, and for his sake. And all God's people said, Amen. As we come to this passage, we see the deacons were born out of conflict to handle conflict. Conflict in the church. 
Go figure, right? There's a long history of conflict in the church. You know, the backstory here is that we don't like to, to say this out loud sometimes, but the church in the book of Acts was a voluntary socialist group. They would take all that they earned and give it to the apostles, and the apostles would give it back and would give them what they need. And so what was happening here was you had two groups that had come into the church. You have Hellenistic Jews or Greek Jews and Hebraic Jews. Now, Hellenistic Jews are Jews who had gone off and lived somewhere else. And so they had been influenced and affected by the Greek culture around them. And so they did things a little bit differently. And then you have the Hebraic Jews, the Jews of Israel. And they were the ones who, they were, they were Jews, right? That's what they thought, were Jews. And there was a little friction there, evidently. Evidently, there was a little bit of underlying tension. And in this setup, there was a daily distribution of food and other necessities, especially for those who needed to be taken care of. Orphans, widows, the handicapped, those who had other needs where they couldn't do things. And so, <clears throat> with this huge number of people, 10 to 20,000 people, there's obviously going to be some mistakes. I mean, if we ask the people who are week in and week out working, over in the food pantry, there's probably, at times, we go, oh, that shouldn't have happened that way. We'll fix it next time. There was a learning curve. Things, yeah, and we don't serve 20,000 people over there. There's some mistakes that are going to happen. But what happened here was the Hellenistic Jews are looking, and they're saying, huh, because these mistakes are happening. Verse 1 even tells us that as the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint. They were multiplying. Mistakes happened. And the Hellenistic Jews said, well, wait a minute. Our widows are being overlooked on purpose. That's what they're thinking. Y'all are doing this because we're not, we're not Jewish enough. You're overlooking us. And our widows are going hungry. They're not being taken care of. And they complain loudly. And so the 12 apostles called a meeting and instructed the assembly to pick seven men to handle this. Deacons were the answer to the conflict. They were to handle the distribution and resolve any conflict that arose. This wasn't simply them saying, okay, we pick deacons and therefore no conflict's going to happen again. We're talking about 20,000 different people. Conflict was going to happen again. They chose these men to take this because they knew that they had to have someone who can actively handle issues and resolve conflict. That's why they said pick seven men of good reputation so that no one could complain and no one could, could argue and full of wisdom so they can actively resolve stressful situations. And so the same is true today. Deacons in the church should be prepared to help answer and resolve conflict that might arise. They might sometimes act as gatekeepers by watching for potential conflict and trying to resolve the little fires before they become big fires, before they become big issues. Because if you can get an issue when it's small, it doesn't have time to become big, because by the time it's big, that's an issue. Something you have to deal with, something that can cause problems. This keeps all conflict from falling solely on one person. You know, the role of deacon seems to be loosely framed on what Moses did in Exodus 18. 
You remember that story? They've come out of, of, of Egypt. They're in the wilderness. And Moses is getting up when the sun comes up. And he's sitting in his chair. And all of these people are coming to him until the sun goes down. And he's taking care and judging their issues. And his father-in-law comes in and says, wait a minute, what are you doing? He said, why don't you pick some guys? And let them take care of the small things. And then if there's big things, Moses, then you take care of them. But let them do some of the work. Let them shoulder some of the thing. It's also like in Numbers 11, where the Lord says to Moses, Gather for me 70 men of the elders of Israel, who you know to be the elders of the people, and officers over them, and bring them to the tent of meeting, and let them take their stand there with you. And I will come down and talk with you there. And I will put some of my spirit, the spirit that is on you, and put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you, so that you will not bear it yourself alone. So yes, deacons there come out of conflict to take care of conflict. But also deacons were born to give those who handle God's word freedom to do so rightly. I have seen many pastors abuse this definition of deacon. I shouldn't have to do anything. The deacons do it and I just spend my time studying. That's not what I see in God's word. What I see here is that the apostles say, it's not right for us to give up preaching the way on tables. It's not right for us to do this thing that y'all are complaining about, so we're going to find somebody else to take care of it. They were created to take care of the daily task so the apostles could focus on the word. Now, I don't know if you've ever preached. And I know that not everyone who preaches goes through the same process. I like to try to keep my Saturdays open and free. I like to build up and get to Friday. Everything's done so Saturday I can relax before coming here on Sunday morning. But I have friends, and I've known others, who at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon lock themselves in their office to go back over their notes until bedtime or later because they, that's how they do That's how they process. What I do know, and one thing that every, anyone who's ever preached a sermon knows, much less weekly sermons or daily sermons like the apostles were doing, it takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot out of you. For me, <coughs> Carrie can verify, my mind is always working on the circuit. My mind is always just going and going and going. I'm always thinking about something. Even when I'm not working on my sermon, I'm working on my sermon. There are things happening in the background. There are times when people, when my kids or Carrie or anybody else, has to call me more than once to get my attention. Or I had to say to somebody, I can listen and do this. And then go, uh, what was that again? Because in the back of my mind, I've been sermonizing. There's been something going on back there. And I've been trying to hold on to that. And so it takes so much. Even if you're pulling out and reworking an old sermon, you're constantly tweaking it, constantly writing it through your mind, constantly doing these things. And the apostles knew that if they kept having to walk away from all of those to deal with these issues, these issues wouldn't be dealt with properly because they're still thinking about this. And so deacons allow those in the church who preach God's word to spend that time they need on that task without constantly being distracted by many menial tasks. 
But deacons are also, it says here, servants of the church. Now, this may be the most misunderstood thought in churches today. One of three things happens. One, people have a very narrow definition of the word servant, and thereby they limit how a deacon can serve. Two, people have a very degrading definition of the word servant, and don't want to give the role of deacon any importance. Or three, people forget that deacons are a servant of the church. And each of these things have problems with the definition. Let's go backward, in backwards order. Number three, when we forget that deacons are servants of the church, we make them something they aren't. Making, when churches, many churches, make the mistake of making deacons rulers or taskmasters. They're the ones who tell you what to do. But deacons don't have the power to tell a church what to do. They can give their opinion. They can lead. They can guide. But they're not the ones who say, this is it. Deacons can't be placed on thrones and shouldn't be placed on thrones because that's a dangerous place for them to be, not just for the church, but for them. When you put a deacon on a throne, there's a long way to fall. There's a, there's a long way where you don't want to be. When deacons are placed on thrones, they can't be. They're servants of the church. Two, some churches take the polar opposite approach. And they say deacons are just servants. So they are important. But according to Scripture, the role of the deacon is vitally important to the growth and health of the church. In fact, at the end of this passage, what does it say? So the preaching about God flourished. The number of disciples in Jerusalem multiplied greatly, and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. There's a direct line from deacons being appointed to priests of the Jewish faith becoming followers of Jesus. There's a direct line from deacons being appointed to these flourishing of the teaching of the church. And number one, when we narrowly define the word servant, we limit how a deacon can serve. The truth is there are many ways to serve the church. And I would say, as the need changed and arose in Jerusalem, the role of these deacons changed and evolved. I don't think Scripture was created in a vacuum. I don't think that on that day, 2,000 years ago, Peter said, hey, let's make deacons. And the only thing they're ever going to do is wait on tables. I don't think that's what he did. I think he said, these are men we need to help us with the daily task of ministry so that we are not overwhelmed to always having to do that. And so... I would, I would say that as the church grew, more problems were going to arise. And who do you think the apostles leaned on? The deacons. They leaned on them. They said, okay, now you can help us come to this and help us do this. In the end, it's up to the church body how deacons will serve that church. In some churches, deacons divide the families and check in on their assigned families weekly. I've seen that happen. In some churches, there's a deacon of the week. And so you put their name in the bulletin and their phone number, and if you have an issue and you can't get a hold of a pastor or the pastor has something else going on, you call your deacon and he takes care of it. 
In some churches, deacons are an advisory board. And they help navigate decisions and bring recommendations to the church as the way it should go. And in others, deacons preach sometimes. Honestly, there's no end to how a church can choose for deacons to serve because the church has that ability. Deacons are called to serve the church to help keep conflict from rising and, and taking care of conflict. They're there to free up the time of those who handle God's word. But there's one more thing that deacons are that is even more important. Deacons have a faith relationship with Jesus. I purposely left out when I was talking about who to look for a while ago, full of the Spirit. Because this is the most important point to me. They put it in the middle. To me, it's the most important. A deacon has to know Jesus. A deacon has to have a faith relationship. Deacons know the gospel. They know what it means that Jesus has come and taken our sins upon himself. They know what it means to take their life and give it to him. They have made a decision to follow Jesus. They have followed through in baptism and their lives show that relationship. Deacons have a faith relationship with Jesus. And every deacon wants you to know that that same forgiveness that same freedom is available to you. Deacons at their heart should be evangelistic. They should want everyone to know about Jesus and the freedom that he could bring. Maybe this morning you don't have that freedom. Maybe you've never had the experience of Jesus taking your sin completely away from you and allowing you to walk away free. He came, he lived, he died for you and for me, and if you don't know him, now is the time to know him. Maybe this morning, you want to pray, and the altar's open, I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to serve your missions or ministry, maybe you want to join this church in membership. But maybe this morning, again, you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've never made, taken that step. Now's the time. Now's a great day to do it. We're not promised tomorrow. We're promised today. All you got to do is walk the outside of Detroit. I want to know Jesus. And we'll go from there. But wherever you're at, whatever you need, give it to him.